0: Welcome to EduServe's Public Sector Digital Podcast. In these coffee break conversations, Natasha and Andy draw from their experience of working with public sector organisations to keep you up to date with the latest technology trends, discussing how these apply to meeting business objectives in the sector. Welcome to the Public Sector Digital Podcast. I'm Natasha Vaynerdahl and I run the Executive Briefing Programme here at EduServe. and I'm here with Andy Powell. Hi everyone. Here's our CTO. Um, and today we're going to be tackling the topic of containers. Now containers are an alternative way of, of virtualizing your infrastructure on public cloud. It may sound like quite a technical topic, so we're going to skip over the technical detail and really try and look at the benefits. So Andy, do you want to kick off with talking a little bit about the benefits of containers?
1: Yeah, sure. So the key benefit is really around portability. So let's think about what that means. So imagine you are deploying uh, virtual machines to a public cloud platform such as AWS, and you're then building up a set of services on those virtual machines. If you subsequently decide that actually you want to use Azure or Google Cloud Platform instead of AWS, you typically have to essentially redeploy those virtual machines to that new environment. Now, there may be some tooling that that helps you in doing that, but essentially you're going to have to redeploy those VMs and build stuff more or less from the ground up again. So in a sense, you're slightly locked into the platform you first chose because you've invested a lot of effort in, in deploying those services to that platform. Now, with containers, um, irrespective of which underlying cloud platform you've used, or indeed whether you've used an on-premise solution, uh, when you deploy those containers to your container hosts... You can then move them completely seamlessly to another platform, to to another set of container hosts running on another platform, with absolutely no modification to those containers. So you kind of divorce yourself to quite a significant extent from the underlying platform and you can make, you can move your services around much more freely than you could otherwise.
0: Okay, so that sounds like a fantastic benefit, but isn't that probably going to be quite a costly exercise
1: or? Uh, Well, no, because you, well, to a certain extent, the the moving won't be completely seamless, that has to be said, but you're really investing your effort so your kind of development effort and a lot of your infrastructure effort you are you are investing into the container platform not into the underlying infrastructure platform not into the underlying public cloud platform so your developers are going to have to become very familiar with uh, one or other of the container management platforms that are out there but they are divorcing themselves to a certain extent from the cloud platform itself.
0: So the container platforms are basically agnostic.
1: Yeah, pretty much, and the, and the same container platforms will be being deployed, you know, to AWS, to Google Cloud Platform, to Azure, and so on. So w- once you've made that decision to go for containers, you give yourself a lot more flexibility in terms of where you can deploy stuff.
0: So if you're, you know, heading up an IT department. Um, you could. It might therefore be a skill you'll now be looking for, uh, or to either build or recruit. I mean, would that be a piece of advice?
1: Yeah, I think so. But uh, but then, so then the question is, if if container architectures are so good, why isn't everyone moving to them right now? Yeah. And the, and the answer, really, I suppose, is that where you are deploying, you know, legacy applications, uh, typically sort of quite monolithic applications they won't be containerized and the vendors of those applications won't necessarily have started containerizing their offerings so you are left in a situation where because you're not building something yourself natively you 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 are to a certain extent in the hands of your application Vendors as to when they properly kind of adopt a container approach, so so it's, you don't have a completely free reign over things. I suppose is what I'm saying.
0: And you think this containerized approach is going to be adopted
1: more and more? It will gradually. So it, it, it I, I think, uh, the likelihood is that it that it it will be one of the options on the table for being uh, exploited by. Application vendors, there's no doubt about that. Which brings me on to another kind of benefit of containers, and that is that uh, the kind of container approach encourages the adoption of what's called microservice architectures. Mm-hmm. So, what's a microservice architecture? It's where you take a monolithic application, so typically something that's deployed to one or maybe a very small number of underlying VMs. Um, and typically, those VMs have to be quite big because they're hosting a single monolithic application. And it unbundles it into component pieces, and uh, you then um, deploy those pieces individually as containers, and you allow those those different pieces those different services to talk to each other typically using HTTP so a very web-friendly way of communicating. Now the big advantage of unbundling things in that way is you then get typically get much greater reuse of the individual components so you you can you know a component that forms part of your I don't know your revs and bends Application might be reused as part of, I don't know, your social care management platform or whatever. So you can start to reuse these individual little components and deploy them in a much more flexible way.
0: So that reuse is a bit like, um you're then only having to pay for something once and then... Yeah, well, there not just, not, there, just
1: not just only pay for something once, but you're managing things in a more seamless way, so there's mm. less to be managed, okay. potentially. Yep. Well, there's more to be managed in some ways because you've got all these different microservices, I suppose. But on the other hand, you can... You you know, for different functions, then there would typically be less for you to manage in, in that sense because you're managing it once and then it's getting reused in a number of different ways.
0: Okay, ultimate recycling. But
1: again, where you are building and developing your own applications, you take the choice about whether you do that in a monolithic way or a microservices way, or you know using containers or in some other way. Where you are in the hands of your uh, of an application vendor, mm. you need to find ways of putting pressure on them or just waiting for them to to adopt a container approach before you can really take advantage of that.
0: Okay, and are there any other benefits you think people ought to be aware of?
1: Um, yeah, the way that these microservice architectures, so all these containers get deployed, because there's an additional layer of virtualization essentially mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the virtualization that is inherent in the cloud platform, so you're deploying all these containers to a set of container hosts. So Mm -hmm. those are the things that actually host all these containers. And that set of container hosts can grow and shrink in demand to how many containers are deployed at any given time. So that, that additional layer of virtualization often means better resource utilisation. So essentially, the likelihood is you'll spend less on your underlying infrastructure because your container hosts can shrink in response to demand. You're not deploying a whole set of individual VMs tied to individual applications. You're kind of packing your applications more densely onto these underlying container hosts.
0: Okay, and are there, you know, I always like to bring these things back to practical things that people would be doing in their day-to-day job. So this sounds like something that people should be keeping an eye on. It sounds like it's something they ought to be aware of. It, yeah. you know, is there anything practical that people should be doing now? Yeah, like I mean,
1: the other thing to mention is that we are seeing beginning to see the emergence of tools that will uh, look at your legacy estate and attempt to convert it as best it can into a containerized approach. So I think those kinds of tools, it would definitely be worth keeping an eye on. Mm -hmm. And and the general space, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Understanding where the different cloud vendors are with their container platforms, uh, where uh, application vendors are in terms of adoption of these kinds of things, I Mm -hmm. think definitely worth keeping an eye on. And where you're developing in-house, so where you have a team of developers, then... Absolutely, uh, you know, containerization should be one of the strategies you should definitely be looking at um, in the way you do that.
0: Because I, I do think sometimes with um, new advances, there's a balance where you don't want to jump too soon because it's actually quite good to see how things pan yeah. out for a bit.
1: I think containers are, a ve- these days, can containers is a pretty mature area okay. in in cloud terms. Uh, I mean I couldn't put a number of years on it, but it's a it's a pretty mature area. So I don't think you're taking a risk. You know, if you if you've got your own dev team and you took a decision to move to a container architecture, I don't think that's really risky in any sense that it's too new a technology okay. to, you know, for you to worry about. So I, yeah, I wouldn't have concerns in that direction.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's everything from us for today. Unless there's anything else you wanted to add? No. Nope, no, great. That's it. Uh, if people have questions, they can get in touch. So contact at eduserve.org.uk. And just to remind you what we do, we help people migrate to the cloud, optimize the use of public cloud once they're there, and help you develop applications for using in the same. And we work with Microsoft, with Azure, and Office 365 and AWS. So that's everything from us. Thanks very much. Bye. For more blogs, reports, videos and podcasts, visit eduserve.org.uk slash insight.